another edition of Pro and Dialogue. My name is Danny Servick, and on this week's episode, we catch up with Matt Babcock, owner and founder of Babcock Hoops, co-founder of Pro Insight, Babcock Hoops Consulting, and part of the Babcock family tree, who is one of the first families of the NBA uh, here over the past 20 plus years. His father, Dave, has been uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks now 23 years or so. His uncles, Pete and Rob, were both general managers uh, in the NBA. We have a great visit with Matt talking about his playing days uh, in high school all the way to the University of Arizona. And he has really kind of been at every level uh, of the professional business from coaching in Europe to working in the agency side to now doing what his, uh, obviously what his love and passion is on scouting and evaluation. Um, talk a little bit about just all the different things he has going on. Uh, some great uh, input of what they look for in players um, and just a really really good listen I think so uh, grab you a cup of coffee or whatever your favorite beverage and sit back and listen to this week's episode of Pro and Dialogue when we started the dialogue and the podcast idea and we're, we're going through I kind of scripted out my um, initial call sheet, play sheet, like I was Andy Reid on an NFL sideline. And the, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to have this week's guest on because it's a name that if you're not in the basketball world, you may not know a lot about, but if you're in the basketball world, his name is one of the most uh, mentioned, at least in my kind of past 25 years in the sport uh, and is in and now he's doing an amazing amount of work on a lot of different levels that I think kind of speak to a lot of the platform that we're doing. Um, and normally he is found in a gym somewhere in the world, but today he's at his home in Denver, and I'm, I'm incredibly excited to have Matt Babcock join Pro and Dialogue. Matt, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. So when I started kind of going through this podcast, uh, I just started scribbling down on a legal pad different people that I, I came across and that made an impact on me. And, and it's interesting. One of the ones that, that, that came to mind quickly on that list was your father, who has been a longtime uh, great scout, director of player personnel, I'm sure a number of different titles with the Milwaukee Bucks and Dave Babcock. And, and you know, I was probably back in 2003, 2004, a, brand new agent trying to, you know, sell my uh, players to give them a workout, bring them in, do whatever. And um, as we'll get into in a little bit, you've, you've been on every layer in the, in the pro arena, but your dad was always like one of the most gracious, nicest and to me in returning calls. And, and like back when you're getting started, like if you can just even get a call back or they answer, that's like, it's a great day. Not that you got a workout or a contract. And uh, he was always amazing. And then I would 
get a call and talk to somebody with the Timberwolves. And it was like, Rob, who's Rob Babcock? And then it's like, who's Pete Babcock? And I kept trying to figure like like this, this web of Babcocks and every one of them were always like very professional, very good, very courteous, treated me as if I had an arsenal of uh, full max contract players. Um, and then it, I, th- that's why. And then of course, then when we met and got through, like, I just had to have you on early just to kind of, I, I, to talk about all the stuff that a you're doing, but um, and then just let you, your dad was a very impactful guy, whether he knew it or not early on. And I just kind of, that set the path for me on this. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of have you on to talk a lot about the business side of it, but just to share that with you, that you've got good bloodlines, my man. No, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody talks about, you know, how fortunate I am to, to, to grow up in a basketball family and inherit the network and, and all that. But really, I mean, for me, um, you know, kind of being, you know, being raised by my dad growing up, you know, with, with my uncles, um, you know, the, the lessons they've taught me as far as being professional, being ethical, treating people well, uh, th- those are the things I value the most, you know, coming from, from my family. So what you're saying is, uh, is something that I take pride in and, and my whole family does. So I, you know, thank you very much. No, it's good. How many, how many years now has your dad been with the Bucks? I think this is his 23rd. Yeah. I, I think it. Yeah, I think 23. He's he's been there a long time, and um, you know he's you know he, he I think he's stuck uh, with the Bucks for so long just because you know he does his job, he's reliable, and he just you know, he treats people well. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's really it's really a recipe for success, and um, you know something that that you know like I said I've, I've tried to, to kind of follow, and you know glad that I've been taught those lessons. It's also something that's incredibly in common in professional sports that whenever there's a, a new regime that comes in that they want to get rid of. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, let's get rid of the coaching staff. And then sometimes it's like, oh, let's blame it on the scattering part. Let's get rid of them. That, that his ability to stay all those years speaks to everything about, like you said, of, of a, he's got to be really good at his job, but also that he's well-liked and, 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 and does all those characteristics. Sure. You know, it's a, it's a volatile business. I mean, you know, whatever angle you're, you're coming in with pro sports, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's an aggressive volatile business and not real stable. Yeah. Well, and it, it took me, I mean, in, in full disclosure, it probably took me a full, uh, I wouldn't say a decade, but it took me a number of years to figure out exactly the family tree of the connection of like, all right, which Babcock does Matt fall under? And then, all right, I got him, he's with Dave. And then trying to to, to figure out. So let, let's um, spend a few minutes before we get to the, the present and just talk about your basketball journey because it, it's, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a very unique one to me. It's one that you have literally... From being a uh, high school player to playing in junior college to playing at Arizona to uh, working at every kind of level to coaching in Italy, like you've you've kind of done it. Um, just let's roll it all the way back to kind of finishing out of high school, and you're you're down here in, in the southeast where where I am, uh, and then kind of move it forward from that from your playing side. Yeah, sure. So you know we uh, we moved to Milwaukee um, in the middle of my eighth grade year, and. Uh, I was, I was an early bloomer as a player. I mean, I was, uh, I'm six one, six two right now. That's the exact same height I was as a freshman in high school. And, you know, being a coach's son, um, you know, I was a little ahead of the game skill wise and, you know, uh, was, was a leading scorer in, in high school, you know, high school, high school varsity team all four years. Um, you know, which was, uh, you know, look in, in hindsight, may, maybe a disadvantage for me. I think my expectations for myself were still a little too high just because of, you know, the success I had early. And, um, anyway, long story short, I, I transferred, um, to Walton High School my senior year to, and lived with my Uncle Pete, who was uh, general manager of Atlanta Hawks at the time. 
and uh, teamed up with Lon Kruger's son, who, you know, Lon was head coach of the Hawks uh, at the time. His son Kevin was the point guard. I was the shooting guard and, um, you know, just had a really fun, great year in, in, in Georgia. Um, and from there, I, you know, I, I, uh, I had some offers from some, uh, you know, low and, and mid-major D1s. Um, like most kids, I thought I was, you know, probably thought I was better than I actually was. Um, and so I considered, um, you know, going to the JUCO, um, and there was a prep school in Maine Central Institute. It recruited me a little bit. Uh, the prep school scene wasn't, wasn't nearly what it, what it is now. And the JUCO, uh, landscape was, was, was much better. Um, so I chose to, to go, uh, Gulf Coast Community College in Panama City, Florida, um, thought it'd be a nice place to, to live for a year and, and, you know, boost up my stock get stronger. Went there and I got hurt. Um, you know, which is a whole, whole nother story. Um, you know, I kind of went through two seasons of, of battling injuries, uh, and ultimately decided to walk on at a big school just to kind of get the experience, uh, knowing that I would, I would likely be working in basketball, you know, once I finished school. So I, uh, walk, walked on at Arizona and, um, you know, had a good experience there and, you know, led, led me to working in basketball. Yeah. No, that's, that is, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've that I've found in in, in being it is that there's so many different um, layers and levels, and uh, and there's a lot of people that know a lot of things about one or two pieces. But when you kind of come across someone that's that it, it's been at it, it, it every kind of level and in, in, in area, they can kind of really speak to it. That's one of the things where I've always um, really been drawn to Coach Beeline. And just his journey, kind of through the on a coaching side of coaching at every level, of kind of knowing, and a lot of times there's ones that kind of come up, and that's the thing I think's um, just from your perspective of now uh, running successful scouting and consulting companies that you know what that is, you know what a JUCO player is, you know what that is, and it's not that you just were totally on the penthouse floor of just doing NBA stuff, and I think that probably comes down to helping when it comes down to analysis of things and which we'll get to in a little bit. I, I, but I, I think that is something that uh, obviously helps you um, talk a little bit about, I know, cause when you ended up at Arizona, just, just your times there and uh, being out there and with coach Olson and, and, and just your memories from that. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, I, I grew up in Arizona. My, my dad didn't, you know, like I said, didn't get the Milwaukee Bucks job until um, I was, halfway through eighth grade. So uh, he was a college coach. We, we lived in California, Arizona, kind of bounced around different schools. Um, you know, so my, my, both sides of my, my mom and dad's side are both originally from Phoenix. So I grew up, uh, you know, Arizona and Wildcat fan. And, you know, Lute had, had that team rolling in the 80s and 90s. And uh, pretty much when I opened it up to, to walk on, um, you know, a lot of big schools had, had you know, shown a lot of interest in, in having me be part of the program. And, um, you know, sort of one of those deals where, for me, you know, Lute Olson staff, that they want you, you don't say no. And so I, I jumped on board, um, went to U of A, and the, the team was stacked. I mean, we had, um, you know, a bunch of NBA prospects. Our, uh, I, I thought my junior year, which was 2004, 2005, uh, I thought we were the most talented team in the country. I, I mean, our starting lineup was, was stacked. We had uh, Mustafa Shakur at point guard, Salim Stoudemire at the two guard, who really, to me, is one of the best college basketball players I, I have ever seen. At the three, we had Hassan Adams. Uh, the four, we had Von Radenovich, who had a you know great career overseas, and then Channing Fry, you know who's uh, you know everybody knows that's played in the NBA for you know 13 years and just just retired. And um, it was just you know it was an honor to be a part of that team and um, just to, to you know see such great players and, and you know be a part of a, 
a program that was led by a Hall of Fame coach. It's just that's something um, you really can't underestimate the value, you know, especially for somebody like me that, you know, had always had the destiny of working in basketball. So I just, um, you know, I was very lucky to, to be a part of it. Yeah. So you, you, in, you finish up playing and, and then I know you had a, a successful, um, I guess it was 11 year. I, I remember reading stretch on the agency side, uh, in which you had your own company with Babcock sports and, and, and worked with a few other shops. And so, you even got on that side of the table uh, of working with it. And I think um, talk a little bit about just that from your experiences from from the agency standpoint of of working with and and, and players and and then obviously that can circle back to now even now with the the the, the scouting services how that affects affects you with that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I never really had planned to, to be an agent. Uh, you know, my first job, I, I left Tucson. I was offered a, a summer internship with uh, Wasserman Media Group, uh, which at the time was the biggest sports agency in sports. Um, and went to work with them, and, and I still didn't have any any thoughts of being an agent. Um, I, I went there, and uh, what, how my role sort of evolved is uh, Dave Yeager, who at the time uh, was a G League coach. He and I ran all of their pre-draft workouts. And this year they had, I think they had like seven first round picks. It was, it was incredible. And so he and I did all the workouts every day for you know a couple months. I did a little bit of stuff in the office. I, mean, I really had a great experience. I ended up uh, one of the agents, Thad Pouchet, ended up had, having me be essentially uh, Joel Freeland's uh, manager through the process. He he had just come over from England and was kind of uh, you know new and hot on the scene. And so I went with him in all of his pre-draft workouts. I, I think we did uh, eight different cities and teams in, in two weeks. Uh, finished that up with. Uh, you know, going to New York with him for the draft. He was the, the last pick in the first round. Um, really, it was just a fun experience, you know, kind of seeing that that side of things, which I, I'd never really been exposed to before. And, uh, you know, uh, still, you know, even when that was finished, I still didn't think I was going to be an agent. I, I took a job um, as an assistant coach, pretty much like a player development coach with uh, Virtus Bologna, um, you know, the top professional team in Italy. Um, and I was set up by a different agent, Sam Goldfeder of uh, Excel Sports Management. And uh, went there. I really enjoyed it. I loved Italy. I lo- loved the international game. Um, the, the actual job was a little screwy. I, you know, I, I didn't really know what I had signed up for. They wanted me to get a coaching license and commit to a two-year contract. Um, I just wasn't. I wasn't ready to be away from home for that long, and got a little homesick. To, you know, uh, truth be told, and um, I ended up going back and working for Excel Sports, uh, and that was sort of my. My, my first, you know, real foot in the door of, of working in the agency business. And, and from there, I kind of just, you know, I, I was, uh, even though I was a young guy, I was somewhat of a hot commodity with these big agencies, just, you know, because of how well connected I was through my family. And I, I sort of bounced around a little too much, in, you know, in, in hindsight. Um, but yeah, I worked for a bunch of different big agencies and then eventually broke off onto my own and did it on, did it on my own. And, um, you know, woke up one day and realized I'd been doing it for 10 plus years <laughs> and, uh, just sort of, sort of, sort of one of those things like where, where am I and, and who am I and what am I doing? And, um, and over a period of time, I talked with my wife and just decided I need to get back a little closer to my roots and, and do something a little bit more directly involved in basketball. And, um, uh, so here I am, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of stuff, scouting, uh, you know, consulting with, with different entities and, um, really, really enjoying things. Yeah, no, that, and this, this will be a good kind of segue and jumping off point into kind of the, the meat and potatoes, what I want to visit and, um, and that's the thing about on the agency side that at the end, the end of the day, like you're not really doing a whole lot of basketball stuff. Like you're doing kind of all the other stuff. And then, um, kind of like myself, like basketballs that that's kind of the juice. That was the piece for it. Um, and I think, uh, it, 
with 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 your family tree and just with your upbringing and background it was inevitable that you're you know for you to to be on this side with this with the scouting um let's let's spend a little time first of all just kind of talking about all the the, the great things that you are involved with um in you know you've got Babcock Hoops um which is more of the the media portion, uh, you know, great, great reports, scout reports. That's uh, everybody needs to go to that website to check that out at just babcockhoops.com. You can subscribe to it, kind of get the updates of games they've been at, things they're seeing. A lot of great reads with that. A lot of like mock drafts and things, and and, and you have a great network of guys from uh, Fran Fraschilla and Matt McKay and. Uh, Jason Filippi's on that too, and so that's good. You have that. You have Pro Insight, uh, which I want to hear all about, uh, and then obviously your piece with Babcock Hoops Consulting, where you where you work more kind of high end for top teams in Europe and NBA. So, um, yeah, pick any of the flavors of those ice cream cones, and then just dive into <laughs> and, and talk a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, you know one one thing to sort of uh, give a little background of how Babcock Hoops came together is so I got out of the agency business. And I, and I had talked with some NBA teams for a couple of years about possibly taking scouting jobs, and uh, n- nothing came together. Um, and so, but I, 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 you know, push came to shove, and I, I needed to get out of the agency business. I just kind of, kind of had it, um, you know, w- with with that whole that whole lifestyle and and, and whatnot. And um, so I got out. I, I sort of uh, it took me a little while, but you know, sort of dissolved my my two different companies. I had, I had a company um, in the United States and, and one based in Japan. Um, sort of, you know, ironed that out with, with a couple partners and whatnot. Um, and then I, I really didn't know what my next step was going to be. Um, I knew I wanted to, to be involved in scouting and covering the draft and, um, you know, just so, something much more directly involved in basketball. And so what I, what ended up happening is I, I ended up uh, volunteer scouting for Marty Blake and Associates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a scouting service put together by the NBA years ago. Um, Marty, Marty's passed away. Uh, but his son Ryan r- runs it now, and it, they're they're just really great friends of our family. And uh, so I did that for him for for that season, uh, pretty much just you know out of pocket, traveling around, just do do it for my own, uh, you know, cover, covering the draft just for my own knowledge, really, and sharing my scan reports with Ryan. He, he kind of helped me uh, sort of develop in that area. Um, and then in the spring of that year, I was approached by Sports Illustrated to write a series of stories. Uh, about the pre-draft process from an agent's perspective, and you know they they called me and asked me if I you know want to write write you know some stories. And my first thought was, man, I I have no writing experience at all. <laughs> why why would you want me to write for your your major publication? And uh, but I did it, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I realized I you know I, I had a well-rounded you know background and experience in basketball, and I had a lot to share, and I, I just had fun with it, and so. That summer after the draft had ended and, and summer league had ended, and it kind of went back to the drawing board and figure out where I was at and what I wanted to do next. Um, I decided, you know, all these different things I'm involved with, why don't I just create my own entity and, and do it myself? And I, you know, I'd also, um, you know, realized that you know, this was over a period of time, you know, growing up in the NBA, that you know, a lot of the, you know, there's so much turnover um, with jobs. You know, guys that are in between jobs need need something to do, something to stay busy, something to stay involved. And so I, I created this media outlet that that was primarily to be for draft coverage purposes. Um, and, and we put together a staff of of all former NBA scouts that we you know we cover the draft, and we'd have um, you know essentially uh, an infrastructure where we're simulating that we were an NBA front office, um, you know, for developmental purposes for all of us, and just you know making sure everybody stays in the loop so that they're you know that 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 much uh, 
easier to hire uh, when, when a good job opportunity does present itself. And um, and then I started getting calls from people, various people, just knew, knowing that I was out of the agent business, um, if I would help them out with with their business, whether it was players or agencies or teams overseas. And uh, one thing led to another on that, and I, I decided to formalize it and uh, you know start started a consulting business. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I go from being an agent having having all my eggs in one basket to eventually you know having my hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it's uh, you know everything everything is just great. I'm, I'm doing a lot of basketball stuff, dealing with a lot of good people, and um, you know, I gotta say I'm I'm happy I, I kind of took uh, took that pivot and. And change things up a little bit. Yeah, I love it. I love that you brought that up too. That was one of the things that I found um, always just really impressive, and it was just from your organizational structure within Babcock Coops of when you would look at, um, you know, when you look at your un, under your team, it's no different than if you go click on the Bucks or the Hawks under their organizational structure, where you have director of basketball ops, a director of international scouting, you even have a director of research and analysis and draft analysts. So like the way it's built um, is just, is, is very top, top shelf, very impressive, very um, just formal. And I think it looks really impressive and you can, and which is obviously <laughs> with your background and in, in, in the network, like you talked about that you grew up in um, obviously very impressive. And, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a great follow um, and I encourage, uh, everybody that listens to this podcast, whatever, go check it out, go subscribe to it. Um, because it's, it's just, it's, you know, if you're a basketball junk and you're kind of a hoop head, it's, it's a great follow. Um, so, all right. So you have Babcock hoops. Talk to me a little bit about pro insight. Cause that's, that's the one that I've, uh, I don't know as, as much about when I've kind of followed and am really intrigued as to a little bit more what that piece is. Sure. Yeah. So what had happened is when we, when we, when I launched Babcock Hoops, you know, put together the initial staff, which a lot of our guys have, have left. They've taken jobs with teams, which, uh, which I'm really proud of. It, it sort of, you know, proves that the the concept works. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're helping, we're helping these guys in between jobs and make sure they're staying in the, in the mix. And, um, and we've had several guys leave. Um, but one of the, the early guys that came on was uh, Matt McKay, uh, who's got, uh, I think seven, eight years of NBA scouting experience working for Portland and Charlotte. Um, you know, in Charlotte, they, they cleaned it, cleaned house a couple of years ago and, and Matt got, you know, caught in the crosshairs with, with that. Um, and so he, he came on uh, as an NBA draft analyst last year with us. And when, when I was talking with him uh, early on, he talked to me about a, um, a company that he was putting together, uh, Perspective Insight, Pro Insight. Um, and it was going to be a scouting service database for top high school players. And over several months of us working together in Babcock Hoops, we decided to, to partner up on it. And, um, we're we're, st- we're at the final stages of getting that getting that off the ground. I think we'll probably launch that in a few weeks. Um, but essentially, it's uh, you know McKay runs the day to day on that, and he he's sort of the, the you know the the long term vision is that he'll be the king of high school basketball. If you, if you want information on guys uh, you know, on the grassroots level, uh, McKay's the guy. And so I'm I'm assisting him with with that. So I do some overlap scouting with high school stuff. Um, and, and just kind of help him run the business of it. And, uh, you know, from Babcock Hoops standpoint and my, myself personally, uh, you know, being involved with, with McKay and Pro Insight, it's really just giving us a, a leg up, a head start on guys, you know, comparing ourselves to, to NBA teams you know, that have limited you know, opportunities to get information and to watch these high school players. You know, we just have an advantage. We, we know a lot about these guys before they even step foot on campus. Um, and so we're just you know, really trying to create a layer cake of our own and just get ahead of things. 
Yeah. And uh, so that's that's where we're at on that, and um, pretty happy with it. No, I I think it's great, and especially as you know we're coming up here in the next year, two years, whatever. I think the landscape of what it's going to look like in terms of with the NBA and when players are going to be eligible with with the one and done, you know, uh, apparently where it looks like it's going to go away. And if you go to school, like I, I just think this whole model of how you have it structured and set up is fantastic, and it's um, it's I, I really enjoy the watch of it spend let's talk a few minutes Matt this is the piece where you know we have uh, a really good mixture I think of listeners just from from feedback we hear whether it might be um, a small college coach uh, I mean it could be some division one coaches too but parents as well high school coaches and at the end of the day and we've had some really fun guests on so far uh, talking about stories of you know great NBA players whether it's Rod Strickland or um, or different people from different countries around the world. But at the at the core of it, a lot of the listeners are, they have a son or they have their team and they want to get better. They want their, 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 their son or daughter to be better. They want to improve. How do they kind of get to the next level and whatever that next level could be? It might be getting to Division three. It might be a college kid getting to the pros. Talk about now, and, and, and this is the part where I think can, can really be informative, just from when you go to a game, um, and we can kind of tie this in each week. I like to have something called a three point shot, which are kind of like, what are three keys that, um, you know, it might be, what are the three keys in Spain that, in, that, that are, that are uh, representative of them. But from you in your, your standpoint, whether you're going to watch, um, like you were at the garden last week when you're up there watching those games or you're watching Wiseman in Memphis or whoever, or you're going to watch a high school kid or a kid in, in Australia, what are the, the the most common successful traits that you see? And not that they have a 40-inch vertical or they can shoot, just from makeup, just from things that are applicable for for anyone around the world. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a tough question, really, I mean, if you're, if you're going to take a comprehensive approach on that, because there's a million different variables that we look at with, with, with prospects. Uh, but, you know, like you sort of touched on, you know, you need talent. You know, I mean, when I was an agent, I, I, you know, I tried to be as straightforward and honest as I possibly could. And, you know, I'd sit down with somebody, um, you know, parents, coaches, players, and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here because you're good at basketball and I think we can make money together. And it's something that, you know, it, it's very simple, but it wasn't, it, it's not addressed the whole, the whole lot, you know, with, with uh, recruiting of college coaches or agents. And, and you need to have talent. You need to have talent. You need to have positional size, especially when you, when you, uh, you know, move on to the next level, whether it's from high school to college, college to pro, um, you can talent, you need positional size, and then you need some kind of substance from a character standpoint. And that, that could, that could come in a lot of different shapes and forms. Um, you know, that's, that's sort of the simple way of looking at it. You, you need those three things. Um, you know, and I, I think there's different mental makeups that, that could, you know, be the you know, right uh, ingredient for the recipe for success. Um, I mean, you know, you can have an alpha dog type guy that, you know, probably needs to be in a star type role or you could have more of a complimentary, uh, type personality. And so it's just not one thing or another. You just need to have, you need to have a, a you know, an equation that, that, you know, comes to a sum of, Hey, this guy can, can be a valuable asset to a team. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, I couldn't agree with you more that, that, that's the, and that's the, obviously if we're talking from the the context of, of, of the pro level, 
um, or even top in Division One schools, the, uh, the the talent piece. And then when you kind of get to that, then you can start to get down to um, what's their makeup, what's that, what's their toughness level. But the one common thing um, across whether you're a high school kid in, in Marietta, Georgia, or you know, you're playing in France or Italy, or you're getting ready to go to the NBA with Portland, is there is a character makeup piece. And obviously that's different on everybody's level of, of um, scale. And there's always, right, the ratio of, you know, does your talent exceed your problems? <laughs> uh, and, sure. and then they balance that in. So it's not always kind of applicable with that. T- talk a little bit about when, when you go through, and I was looking at your mock draft uh, earlier in the week, and of course, as it is every year with the, 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 the influx of international players and international talent, and was watching Dallas last night, and Doncic just go off and, and play. So when you're going through and you're, you're scouting, and you go out to, you know, you're Tennessee a couple weeks ago, and Memphis you're going through, versus evaluating... Um, uh, a, a junior team or a, a, a smaller division team that may have a prospect in France. Like wh- what's how, what are some things that you kind of go through in that and kind of splitting the hairs that you try to then pull that together to where it, it's a, it's a common ground to, to, to come up with evaluations. Well, you know, it, it's, it's certainly challenging. Uh, I mean, you know, guys playing overseas, you know, cause a lot, a lot of these guys will, will play limited minutes, but they're going against professionals. They're going against, uh, you know, grown men, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a different evaluation process, um, you know, but I mean, we're, we're looking at all the same things. I mean, that you need, you know, you need talent, you need positional size, and you need to have the right mental makeup to succeed. And so, um, you know, I feel like a lot of what we do with Pro Insight is uh, looking at background information and, and doing our homework, getting intel, and trying to figure out, you know, what, what, what's this guy all about? What, what, you know, what makes him tick? And so with, uh, with international kids especially, since you, you generally do not have a huge sample size of, of watching them play a whole lot, um, just trying to get a lot of information. You know, use what we can, uh, you know, as far as getting in front of them, watching them work out, watching them play. Uh, but, you know, really getting a grip of, hey, can this guy handle, you know, coming to the United States? Can he handle being a complimentary player in the NBA? You know, different things like that. So, I mean, it, obviously it's a case-by-case situation. Um but it's uh, you know comparing the two evaluation processes, it's uh, it's tough. It's different and it's tough. Yeah, no, it it is. Um, that's one of the things you know we we've had um, we had on Floor and Colette this past week from Comsport and you know with with Boone Injai and those guys and they represent I think seven out of the eight French guys in the NBA now and and we just were going through and and and, and talking about the differences and, and the guys coming over. Um, in, in the makeup of, of that, the language barrier of, of coming over. But at the end of the day, we've had two years consecutively that over 25% of NBA rosters are international guys. I think it was 108 back-to-back years. Um, and so I think that's one of the, the challenges. And, and I know likewise from, from all the years in the agency business, when guys are coming out of college, you talk to so many guys that oh, I can make it. I'm a you know, that, that's the, that's the kiss of death of when you get the, the rating of, you know, mid to late second round draft pick. That's about everybody that's coming out of college that, you know, they can fall into that gray area. And it's like, oh, by the way, you know, there's a whole lot of dudes across the water that are coming too. And, um, I think I've always had the, the opinion in, in, in shared, I love having mock drafts. I love having, 
you know, voices like you that are talking about it, because I think the more information and the more exposure to that, that it's not like that you, you start to know these names. The same thing is, is on the youth circuits now with, with whether it's with the EYBL or, or the UAA or UA rise, whatever, you know, kids know who all they are here. And I think the more that you start to hear about who the top young guys elsewhere, you know, I think people still will make rash decisions and be pushed into it, but the ability to kind of talk and promote, players because it, it truly is a global game it's not you know we're, we we just happen to live in the country where everybody wants to come because it's the most money and it's it's the best league in the world but you know all those people are coming and they're not going to stop no you're absolutely right and I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of European basketball I mean I think they they teach a lot of, of uh, great fundamentals at a young age where whereas uh, you know, the United States I mean this AAU circuit it's uh, generally speaking, uh, it's creating a lot of bad habits for these kids. So, I mean, you know, th- that's one big reason I think a lot of international players have, have had success because they, you know, they come in, they're not quite as entitled. Um, they, they, they don't deal with all the messiness of the college recruiting. Um, and then they, you know, they've been taught the, the basic fundamentals of the game um, at a young age rather than just AU practice where it's just, hey, let's just uh, let's throw the balls out and just let's run. Yeah, that was one of the interesting things. Uh in talking with 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 uh, with Florin last week, is talking about the guys in France that they teach so much team stuff that sometimes they like to have a little sprinkling because U.S. is so individualized with all the trainers and coaches that they they sometimes think they lack a little bit of that that they need to have a mix and, and obviously that's the sure. balance everybody kind of has. What um here in, in the last couple of minutes, what is uh. What's kind of your take as we as we kind of head in here and in, in, into the next you know year or two that you see uh, if you're looking into your crystal ball in terms of the one and done and and, and what's kind of your bet on uh, do they you know if they go to school they're going to stay two years or three years how, how, do you have a do you, do you, are you putting your chips in on something? Well, you know the the word for 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 a couple of years is that uh, the, the age limit was going to be removed and that you know high school kids to start going pro. Um, I, I, from what I've heard is that that talk is, is lightened up a little bit, uh, for whatever reason, the, the players association, it's not quite as big a priority. And so the, the team owners are, are sort of rallying up. Okay. Let's not be so quick to just throw this out there. Let's, uh, let's make sure that the, the union gives us something to, to, you know, eliminate this age limit. And so I'm, I'm not quite as confident as I was maybe a year ago. Um, you know, the bet on something, I don't know, it's sort of a wait and see type thing. And, um, you know, in the meantime, we're, we're definitely going to continue to, to evaluate these high school kids. And um, either way, I, I think it's good for, for our operation, whether, whether that age limit sticks or not. No doubt. What um, we're getting ready to head into the to the to the intense season of uh, holiday tournaments from a college standpoint, and then obviously the NBA is getting into full swing. Like, what what is what's your travel calendar look like? Like what's your schedule? I know you've got a team, but like your frequent flyer miles are, are about to bump up. I'm sure. Yeah, sure. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to Maui this year, which I, which I've never been. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Last year I did, uh, Charleston and Myrtle beach, uh, which was great. I, that Charleston turn, which is awesome. And, uh, so I'm not doing that this year just cause it's a little travel will be a little rough, but, um, yeah, doing Maui, which, you know, be a great opportunity to spend a few days with Anthony Edwards of Georgia and, um, a big fan of Obi Toppin at, at Dayton. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's uh, he's getting a little bit of buzz. I, mean, I think I've gotten him uh, kind of like a late lottery right now, which I'm going a little bit out on a limb, but I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think he, he you know translates the NBA pretty well. Um, those are two guys I'm looking forward to the most. And um, yeah, December I've got a couple other tournaments. Uh, 
And then January starts, start hitting you know, conference play, which I usually kind of, I've got like a, like a decent um, foundation of my schedule for, for January and February already. I usually like to, you know, keep a pulse on guys and sort of, you know, kind of take a sniper approach of, you know, picking and choosing games that, you know, maybe in some SEC games with, you know, two, two, two teams that have multiple guys, that, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'll be on the go and uh, our, our team will be traveling around too. And um, you know, the idea is, you know, by the time we get to, uh, you know, May and June, we, we've got a really great grip uh, of what's going on. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and again, um, I, I really encourage everybody to go uh, check all your stuff out on Twitter at Babcock Hoops and then at underscore Pro Insight. Um, and then obviously on the websites, go do. And it's just, uh, it's a great just kind of read if you're sitting at a high school game and you're you know waiting for if your kids on the JV and you're waiting for the girls game to end, you want to roll through and just read stuff like and you're you're you've got such a great staff of people uh, and there's a constant flow of content that you can kind of get updates on and reports. It's just it's really, really good stuff. And again, man, listen, I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, like I said, that this is this has been a fun project for me to kind of launch off and, 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 and kind of pull in people that have been on my path and my journey. And like I said, the 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 for whatever rhyme or reason that the the Babcock name is just made and the reason obviously we talked about you all your your whole family tree is just so so kind so respectful and it was always good it made a a big impression on 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 me 20 years ago when I was uh getting into it and so um and wanted a chance to kind of let you talk about things and and like I said um I can't wait to the next couple months because you're going to fill a lot of my holiday time reading on on players (laughs) no thanks Dan I appreciate all the kind words and uh, you know, but best of luck there, everything you got going on. And, and thanks again for ha- having me. Thanks for listening to another edition of Pro and Dialogue. Really enjoyed the visit with Matt Babcock, catching up with him and all the uh, really exciting things that he has going on right now. You can go find Pro and Dialogue wherever you get your podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play. Uh, go subscribe. Uh, go dive into any of the previous episodes you, you haven't had a chance to listen to and really look forward to catching up next week.